that good shepherd? That's what we're going to talk about today. Who is the good shepherd? John 10, 10 says this. The thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I have to add this passage as follows right after it says, But he that is a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hiring, hireling flees because he's a hireling. He's not a shepherd. He's been hired to do a job, but if he was, he didn't have the shepherd's heart to take care of the sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, and am known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. A hireling will not lay their life down for the sheep. They will run because they're afraid. Have you ever had a babysitter that might do the same thing? They're supposed to take care of your kids and come home and the house is a nightmare? Because they didn't take responsibility. They just were there. They were in the room, but they didn't do anything else. See, the Lord Jesus does that other stuff. He does all of it. The good shepherd comes to bring life abundantly. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Those who act like a shepherd or who hire, do the work, doesn't care for the sheep, allows the wolves to come in and kill the sheep, but he saves himself. It's all about himself. God knows us. Jesus said, I know the Father, that I will truly lay down my life for the sheep. Do we know? It's like he said, do you really believe and trust God? Can you really say that you do? See, Jesus said it, and he did it on the cross. He gave his life for us, his sheep, the sinner. When we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and Lord, of course, Lord and Savior, there's a Savior, then there's a Lord. And I'm saved, but is he really the Lord in your life? We have made Jesus the good shepherd of our souls when we make him our Lord. I'm going to give you a, a practical application. I have a visual today. Yes, I do. I have a visual. Okay. We have a shepherd's crook here. It's a hook. Crook. It's a, what is it called? A crook? A hook? I don't know. All right. <coughs> what does the shepherd do with this? Oops, is that thin? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Actually, pulls. <coughs> Pulls out of danger. Pokes. You ever get poked by God? I bet you do. I bet you get poked every time and then. I'm going to talk about those things. But he pulls us out of danger. Psalm 27 5 says this For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Now we talked earlier, it's funny that we would talk about a rock because Jacob made a bunch of rocks as his pillows. Now, I'm pretty sure that was a pretty uncomfortable situation he was in. <coughs> but we're going to be set up on a rock, something that's solid and hard, so that we can be sure-footed, not on sand, not on anything else, but on rock. 
Psalm 91.3 says, Surely he shall deliver. Surely. I love that surely. Surely. He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noiseland pestilence. Surely he shall deliver. Has he delivered everybody yet? There's some people still sick. There's some people still dealing with issues. There's still... He says, surely he shall. You can't give up. Do not be weary in well-doing. In due season you shall reap if you do not faint. Psalm 31 says, You will pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me, for you are my strength. And Psalm 17 says, You're going to keep me as the apple of your eye. So hide me under the shadow of your wings. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked come in his stead. The righteous is delivered out of trouble. These are promises. This is him pulling you. He's pulling you. He's giving you the word and telling you, yeah, listen, believe, and hear what I say. Because you're only going to have what you believe. If you do not believe God loves you, you probably, you're going to have a hard time believing he loves you. If you believe he's going to pull you out of trouble, then he will. Your faith has to work with God. It just has to work that way. So how does he prod us? Ephesians 4.32 Be kind-hearted, forgiving one another as God for Christ's sake forgave you. Is forgiveness hard? Yeah. Sometimes he needs to go, okay, go forgive that person. Go forgive that person. Yes, he knows what's best. Romans 12.19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Okay, how many are out there trying to take care of yourself, figure it all out? I, I like this word, self-preservation. That is not God. Self-protection. That is not God. You're taking care of yourself. You're not trusting and believing God. Avenge. Avenging is protecting yourself, isn't it? Avenge not. Are we going to listen to God or are we going to go do it? Dearly beloved. Now he's talking to the believer. Dearly beloved. He's not talking to the heathen or anybody else that's unbelieving. He's talking to his people. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Do we believe that? Or are we out there fixing things that we have no business fixing? You're going to get yourself out of a whole lot of trouble if you just do what the scriptures say and no more. In our Bible study, we talked about how Jacob was supposed to believe God, but then he added a couple of things to it, thinking it was going to change God's mind or make him feel better about it. No, he just said it for what it was. You just believe the word. Quit adding to it. Quit adding to what the Bible tells us to do. Even it, it warned you in the, in, in the Bible itself, don't add anything to it or take anything away from the word. 1 Peter 4, it says, above all, Keep loving one another earnestly. Okay, that costs us something. Is that God doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little hard to take those little pushes. He's trying to tell you, I want you to go call her. No, because it's her turn to call me. It's her turn to apologize to me. 
No, sometimes he's telling you just go do it. It says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since lover covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Oh, I have to do it again. It's at my house again. I'm going to have to just do it myself. That's grumbling. Because each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as God, good stewards of God's grace. We're giving gifts. He gives us these things, and then he wants us to use these things, not for our own selves, but for those around us. Therefore, brothers, 2 Peter 1.10, it says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Practice makes perfect. All right, so how about he leads us? Well, how does he lead us? Okay, we just walk along, and he's we're following wherever he goes. He leads us. What's the Psalm 23 talk about? He leads us beside the still waters. Why? Why does he lead us beside the still waters? So he can restore our souls. That song comes to mind. He leadeth me, he leadeth me. I love that song because it's in scripture, it's scripture, he leadeth me. He wants to restore your soul. He knows that you need to be restored. Proverbs 6.22, it says, when you go, the word shall lead you. When you sleep, it shall keep you. And when you awake, it shall talk with you. Do we have that kind of relationship with the word? which is Jesus, Father, and Holy Spirit. I'm encouraging, I'm actually prodding you. I'm going boop, boop, with a couple of scriptures here to get us moving, get our juices running. I have, to, I have to add this right now. I was talking to somebody in the back a while back, and he just said, you know, I just want God. I just want God. I want more of God in my life. I want to know him. I want to know what my destiny is. I want to know God. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. Because he will lead you in the place of righteousness. It says in Proverbs 8, I lead in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the path of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit, get this, substance. Stop? Are you kidding me? He's going to also let us inherit stuff? And I will fill their treasures. Let's say that again. I will lead in the way of righteousness. So let's follow the Lord in righteousness. What is righteousness? <coughs> what he says. Listening to what he says. Trusting him. Believing who Jesus is. Taking the word for the word. That I may cause those that love me. Again, it's all about loving God. To inherit substance and treasure. See, it's God's love. It's not you go after the stuff and then you give, you know, and then you love him. No, you love him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. <clears throat> Psalm 139.10 says, Even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. See, these are promises. He leads us in so many ways. And I like Romans 2.4. I had to add this. Those that the, the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. The goodness of God leads you. 
That's who's leading us. The goodness of God. Are we allowing him to lead us? So here's a question I have. Or a statement. You may not be a shepherd, but you are leading by example. So do you follow the steps of Jesus? Just throwing it out there. Will you lay your life down for the sheep or your friends? Hold fast that which is good. That's the secret. Hold fast that which is good. Follow his lead. It's so much easier than to follow your own lead. Because I'm going to tell you, you're going to go into a ditch. I'm going to read Matthew 7. I'm going to open up to Matthew 7, verse 1. Now, I need you to take a moment when you get a chance and read that passage. There's a lot in there. But I basically wanted to get down to the point where every man that asks receives. Have you received it all right now? No. But it's going to happen. Do not lose heart. Do not give up. No matter what it looks like. No matter that person, oh, they're back in the hospital again. Oh, and you have been believing and believing. You keep on believing. You keep on believing. Believing is what moves God's hands. There's an acronym for faith, F-A-I-T-H. Forsaking all, I trust him. Forsaking all, I trust him. What does it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he has faith and does not have works, can faith save him? And I, and I heard this quote, and I thought it was pretty interesting. You are saved by faith alone, but faith alone does not save you. You are saved by faith alone, but faith alone does not save you. We have to live by faith. There's so many people that I know, um, family members, friends that I know, that, oh, I received Christ back in uh, 1977. But they don't live as though they have faith. They live for themselves, they do whatever the world tells them, they listen to the doctors, they take everything the doctors tell them to do. They don't ask God for anything. So, again, you are saved by faith alone, but faith alone does not save you. Amen. So do you personally know Jesus as your shepherd? I, read, I picked up this book. A shepherd looks at Psalm 23. An actual shepherd went through Psalm 23 and began to kind of identify some things that a shepherd would know. Do you know him personally as your shepherd? Matthew 7, 24, it says, does God know you? Now you might think you know God, but let's see what it says here. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, all you that work in equity. Now let's go back to what we said a minute ago. By trusting and knowing God loves you and loving God, it's going to kick this scripture right out of the pages. You're not going to have to worry about, I never knew you. Because God knows you because you love him. Because you're here. Do not be afraid of that passage. I have a pastor friend I've known for a very long time. He's been a pastor for years, and he still gets stuck. I don't want God to say that to me. And I keep telling him, he won't. As long as you know you love him and he loves you, you know him and he knows you. 
It says, I don't know you. Why? For God knows everyone. Does God know everybody? But it's when we don't live in the nature and character of God that he doesn't recognize you. The only time he'll say that is when he goes, well, I didn't know you because you acted completely wrong and incorrectly in that moment of time. He doesn't see that. He doesn't see you. You start loving people who hate you, start you know, forgiving people. Now he sees you. He sees you because you're living his nature and character. Psalm 103, 14 says, The Lord knows our frame. What does that mean? He knows our weakness. He knows we're going to mess up. So what happens? He sent Jesus. So even though we might be going, Oh, I'm doing everything wrong. I'm questioning God. I feel like maybe I'm in the wrong place. Maybe I shouldn't be acting this way. Oh, I feel like a failure. Jesus came to cover all that all that shame. So by, by looking at Psalm 23, we'll take a moment to look at it. What does the scripture tell you here about a good shepherd? He will lay down his life, and he did. My sheep hear my voice, and follow me. He doesn't stick them, he doesn't pull them. Follows me. When we make the Lord our shepherd, guess what? We won't have any want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why are we in want? Because we got to go, Lord, I haven't made you my shepherd. Forgive me. That's all you got to say, Lord, I didn't know. I didn't know. Let me make that straight today. He makes us to lie down. Has anybody been made to lie down? I have. But this is what's interesting. Sometimes it has to kick the stuffing out of ourselves to get our attention. I'm pretty stubborn, and he needs to get to me in one way or another. And that's when he makes something happen to get us to look up. He prods us with his shepherd's hook. When he lays you down, it doesn't say he puts you in thistles and briars or on a bunch of rocks. He lays you down in green pastures. It's representing safety and love. Yet in a broadful way. He leads us besides the still waters. Where he goes, I will follow. I will be up to it will be up to me to follow where he leads. Okay. When when you're when you follow the Lord and in his steps and you walk with him. Is he going to lead you into horrible life? No. He, he is full of compassion. He loves peace, joy. Um, now, he might take you into a little wilderness from time to time, but he is with you anyway. And the reason why we have to go to the wilderness is because there's something in us he needs to get at. Something in us that's keeping us from really obeying and trusting him fully. He leads us. And then he restores our soul. When we make the good shepherd our shepherd, he will restore us. Why? Because we trust him. Trusting. Trusting, like we talked a, bit, a, a little bit ago with uh, Butch. Trusting is huge. That's the most important thing that you can hear somebody say, like he said. I trust you. God wants to hear you say, Lord. He wants to hear you say, the Lord, I trust you. I want you to all say that right now with me. Dear Heavenly Father, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I trust you. 
say it louder. I didn't get that. I, I wasn't. <coughs> okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I trust you. He wants to hear that every single day. I trust you. When you say I trust you, you just make Jesus the Lord and your shepherd. It all works together. He will lead us into righteous paths too for his name's sake. Jesus was led in the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, wasn't he? Sometimes we will be led there for our trials. And they're all for our good. And this is the piece that I wanted to get at as well. It's so important. Though I walk through. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I spent about an hour just on that. Though I walk. Though I walk. I'm walking. It doesn't say, though I'm sitting, though I'm twiddling my thumbs, though I'm hanging out, though I walk. God can't work in somebody that's just sitting there watching television all night long. you got to get up and move a little bit. He's a mover and a shaker. So, though I walk through, not around, not over, not underneath, but through something. Through the valley of the shadow of death. And I asked the Lord about that. And he says, you know, everybody is walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Every one of us. Because our lives are destined to that place of death, aren't we? So we're in the shadows of it at this point. Though I walk through that shadow before the Lord takes me home, he will be with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, we are all walking in that valley today. Does that make sense? We are all destined to that same goal. One day the Lord's going to call us home. We're in the shadows today. Do not be afraid of the shadow. Do not fear that. Do not fear dying process. Fear does not come from God in that regard. And then he will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This happened to me one time. A few years back, I had a horrible experience with the church. Now, I don't know if anybody's ever had that to you. We've had that happen to you before, but it did with me. And this lady was just combative. I went and had to go to the board. We had a big meeting. She was still combative, and I didn't know what else to say. Well, about a month later, she had a luncheon that she put together in my honor. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemy. But in this case, the enemy made the table, too. See, I stayed quiet. Tom was there. He was the meeting. I stayed quiet because I knew God was my avenger. He was going to take care of everything. I made Jesus the good shepherd of my life. He was going to take care of those things. When we make him our Lord and our shepherd, he will anoint us with his oil. And our cup will overflow. How many people give so much to people... And they just feel, oh, I'm exhausted. i got to go take a nap now. 
Now that happens because, you know, like with Jesus, the virtue left him. He knew something left him and, you know, he had to get regained his strength again. Well, as human beings, we get exhausted too. But this is something God showed me. He says, why don't you give away what's flowing over? Then you won't be depleted. Give away what is flowing over and you won't be depleted. But if you don't got nothing overflowing, you got a problem. So, he says he will anoint us with oil and our cup will overflow when we make him our shepherd. Have we surrendered all of our existence to him in every way, shape, or form? And I like this word. We talked about it in Bible study. Certainly. Surely, mercies will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, certainly, as a matter of fact, this is what's going to happen. Do you believe that? You might not see it today. You're probably praying for kids that are off in the world. Don't stop praying. You might go to be with the Lord, and one day they're going to come and become a preacher, and you wouldn't even know it. But you're praying change their lives. You might not always see the blessings, but you stop. You don't stop praying. You keep praying for them. Because surely, certainly, mercies will follow you all the days of your life. Amen. So bottom line is, we will live in mercy, and in the life after, we will live forever with the Lord when we've made Jesus our shepherd. Mercy and truth forsake not, for they are life to you. The good shepherd represents truth and honesty. We've got to think about our lives. Are we living really truthfully? Anything that's an omission, we talked about this in Bible study too, anything that's an omission is also not telling the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Sometimes people shouldn't even talk because all they're speaking out is lies. They say things to make you like them. It was like with Jacob in the, in the study this, the, today, you know. He, he was trying to get God to like him even more by doing some extra stuff. Do we do that with God? He says, no, I love you. You're the apple of my eye. Quit adding to it. Just come to me and repent if you, you know there's something that you need to have lined back up with me. That's all. That's all I'm asking. Just come to me. We are to make Jesus the good shepherd every day of our life. I'm going to close with a story. There was a, this is a true story. There was a father and he was at work and the little boy was at home with mom. He's about seven, eight. He decided to paint a big orange X in the driveway with a big spray can. So the mother kind of warns the dad, by the way, there's a big X on the driveway when you come home. And he's like, oh, no. So the little kid's like, oh, no, I'm so scared. He's hiding behind his mom. Here comes the dad driving up. And he says, you know, this is a good time to show my little boy what grace is. So he goes over to the little boy, and he's like in tears and scared. And, and his dad says, we're going to make this right. It's okay. We're going to make, we're just going to fix this. The next thing you know, the dad is out there with a bucket of soap scrubbing the X off. 
the little boy is just watching off in the distance. The older brother comes home. The little boy goes, look what dad is doing. He goes, well, aren't you going to help him? He goes, no, I'm not strong enough. See, that's our God. We're not strong enough sometimes to wipe away some things in our lives. Only God can. And when we follow his lead, he will wipe every X out of your life. He will clean it up because he loves you that much. He will prod you into righteousness. He will pull you back out of trouble. He will lead you if you've made Jesus your good shepherd.